Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence. This episode of Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce is brought to you by Brannigan, Inc. For nearly two decades, Brannigan, Inc. has energized brands in the entertainment industry, helping fairs and festivals connect with audiences. Their creative, results-driven marketing approach drives attendance and makes communications fun. Check them out at BranniganInc.com. Also, this episode is brought to you by Spectrum Weather Insurance. Spectrum Weather Insurance provides a variety of rain, heat, severe weather, and event cancellation insurance customized for your specific event. They have the experience and expertise that hundreds of events rely on each year. Visit them at SpectrumWeatherInsurance.com. I wish I was wearing a Drake white shirt. I'm wearing my Drake white thong. (laughs) (laughs) I had my morning cocktail out of my mix it with whiskey shot glass. I can't wait till I, we get those shirts. Cause that is such a class. I I love that. You order me an extra small. (laughs) Okay. Don't. I'm kidding. I, I remember when you would order a Sully shirt. It was a small, mm-hmm. right? No, You're still, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, that's perfect. I'm not I'm just teasing you. Well, I was going to get you like a youth, youth medium, extra small, and then just, and then get the spray bottle out. And just, <laughs> Have a competition. And then I, and then I was, we're here and I was going to just like kind of cut it down. And the this middle. is, you're saying this shirt's for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was going to rip the sleeves off. And then you spray it with water to reveal your sweater underneath. <laughs> my sweater and then my man boobs, which those are called moves. I'm going to have to say I, I saw some guys now. I'm not sure if I'm quite because I don't really wear things like that to kind of give me the man boob look. I'm not really big on wearing tight things. Yeah. As like you said, my jacket is a tarp. Thank you. <laughs> Made me feel much better about myself. Mm they kind of come out and like a pullover. Yeah. It's like a quarter zip or something that, but it's tighter, like a clingy type material. Yeah, And there was like a lot of man boobs Mm. walking out and it might be a little chilly outside. Oh, So then they got, they got nipples going. (laughs) They got the headlights on. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm kind of like, you know, it's not like a flattering look. No. I know you're trying to look thinner or something. Or yeah. sorry, Drake. We oh, sorry. Let, we're talking. We couldn't about... let you into the waiting room because we're talking about moves. <laughs> Maybe that's how we started. <laughs> hey guys, what's happening? Hey, How's it going? Uh, man, I'm getting motion sickness. <laughs> um. Well, maybe, maybe I. I will stay as still as I can. I'm kind of a mover and a shaker. So, well, of course you are. No, I was just kidding. Cause you were just adjusting it, but I feel uh, like we're on carpool karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you are. That's what we're going to do. Okay. That's so cool. uh, if that's cool, is this a, is this a good time? Uh, are you like traveling or what's going on? 
No, this is a perfect time. This is my office right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, you just missed a great conversation. <laughs> we were just talking about man boobs and people that kind of wear things a little too tight and it kind of, yeah. yeah. I hate, I, I hate, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's your, what's your thought? <laughs> my thought is just go, uh, my dad and my grand, my granddad have all, my granddad was a, a snappy dresser and I've always liked good threads, good, good clothes. Like just go, you will feel a lot better about yourself if you just go get stuff that fits mm -hmm. and not, not, and just be happy with the body you're in and work hard with, with, uh, so not to get, not to get serious about it, but oh. man, Oh yeah. Good fit and clothes. It's hard to beat, man. That that's, that's a good attitude. That's, that's good confidence, you know? Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. See, your coat's okay. not a tarp. Okay. Yeah, okay. I feel much better about myself now. Thank you, Drake. Okay, thanks. We'll see you. <laughs> That's my job. That's yeah, my job. Yeah. Welcome to another Let's episode of Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. And it's served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence. And today we have a great guest with us. It's Drake White. Yo, what's happening, guys? Hey, What's up? yeah. Thanks for taking the time today, Drake. We really appreciate it. And I kind of want to start off today by saying the first time I saw you was, and I'm going to just throw out, maybe it's four or five years ago, you performed in Vegas for a fair and festival mm -hmm. convention. It was through an agency and it was at an agency dinner I was at, and it was okay. you and your guitar and I'm telling you, you brought the most energy to a room of stodgy fair buyers. It was, I mean, you, you really blew me away. And I was a fan ever since. Thank you, man. I mean, that's just kind of what, what I've always done. I, I, that those stodgy fair buyers, they can, uh, they can give you a bunch of shows, you know, they can, they, they can be the reason for a good summer or a good, uh, um, but yeah, I'm with you. A lot of times, a lot of people ask how that I, you know, get that energy or get that thing, uh, in, in a conference room or in a situation like that. And I just have this, like, I guess it's an ability. I guess it's a town, uh, a thing where I kind of can go anywhere, you know, I kind of can go to red rocks or go to, you know, and just visualize 10,000 people, at uh at madison square garden when i want to you know and, and that going there and going back to that seven-year-old mentality of uh that um my imagination literally just going there is, is what i do it's a tactic that i've always used and so it doesn't really matter where i'm at i put a guitar on and and kick the kick drum it's time to it's time to rock you know mm-hmm it's like bringing your A game every single time. And that that's so hard to do in any situation in life and any job, but you do it. Yeah. Well, I'd like to think so. I mean, there, there's definitely easier days than, uh, there's a lot of, uh, some days are easier than others, but for the most part, man, I enjoy, I enjoy being up there and playing on stage and entertaining. So it's, uh, it's good. It's good. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. It feels like. You've overcome a lot um, mm. health-wise, and it came at a time when you weren't expecting it. I just want to share with you mm. before we go down this road is that I, I kind of share that same 
kind of life-threatening experience myself. I'm a two-time cancer survivor. Oh man, congratulations. Yeah, and the last uh, the last time it was like 20 years ago, I had Hodgkin's mm. lymphoma and then almost 20 years to the month, I ended up having a sarcoma tumor removed out of my left thigh. I'm, I'm kind of on that same kind of really grounding you experience that you weren't really expecting. And it's all about how you handle it, how you move on. And Word. it kind of goes right down what you've been talking about your experience as well. Word. I mean, a- absolutely. That, that grounding, uh, that I wouldn't take, I would take it nothing for it. I mean, I would, I, I tell people that I would do it again if given the opportunity and, and I do call it an opportunity because I, I, I'm lucky to be alive. We're all, but we're all lucky to be alive, but that groundedness in the forever muse that it gave me, I'm a storyteller, I'm a songwriter. So this made the book better. This made the chapter better. And this made a forever muse that I can pull from at any point. So it kind of gave me a little bit of a superpower, um, in that regard, in my mind. And guess what? In, in my mind is all that really matters when dealing with overcoming a stroke or, or cancer or anything else. So, and i tell you what it gave me, brothers and sisters. It gave me like this empathy. I've never really had empathy. I've always been like, ah, oh, just put your gloves on, put your boots on and go out there and work. Outwork everybody. Man, what's the dude on the corner doing, man? Why don't he go get a job? But since I've got, I've had this, experience it's given me this empathetic look of man i don't know what that woman or that school teacher or that uh that guy that just blew his lid whatever i don't know what he's going through or she's going through and it may be an opportunity to go in and and witness to those people it may be an opportunity to go in and tell them your story and just help them help them you know, and that's where that's why I say I would do it again, because it made me made me a better man to my woman. It made me a better uh, made me a better troubadour to my fans, to my band. And uh, ultimately uh, put me put me uh, gave me a little bit of a turbo charge for the next 50 years of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with your songwriting, Drake, did did anything change pre health and then did did your songwriting or the words or the feel of your songwriting change you know from pre-health to post-health i think that um i don't think you can go through a near-death experience seeing angels in the room like on your back in a hospital for eight months without it changing um the way you write the way you view the world the way you think i'm a very uh i'm as far as writing goes, I pull from what's inside of me. Like I pull what's real. I mean, I can make stuff up all day. Um, but I, a lot of my songs are pulling from life experiences, whether it be running with the bulls in Spain or being hitchhiking in New Zealand or, you know, riding through Montana and or kayaking in North Carolina. I, I like to do things and then go write about them. So the, the injury was just like, okay, how can I speak about the silver lining? How can I speak about speak about the optimism, the glass half full without coming across preachy 
or coming across anything like that. And then I stopped and I was like, it doesn't matter if I come across preachy or come across whatever. I had a near death experience that gives me the authority to speak life into people. I don't have to sugarcoat shit. I don't have to do that. I don't have to say, Hey, I don't want to preach to you. Look, I saw angels in the corner room. I saw it, you know, and I spoke to, to spiritual beings, you know, that, that, that happened to me and the songs that came from that I'm forever grateful for. And, and I will be, you know, those things, that's what we're touring on right now, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I first saw you and you really wowed me, is there anybody that really wows you musically? I'm a big fan. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a classic rock fan. My dad brought me up on, uh, you know, everybody from from the Almond Brothers to Marshall Tucker Band to Elton John. Um, man, I am wowed by a marching band on Friday night. <laughs> I'm what I'm wowed by um, somebody that's passionate. I'm wowed by, uh, you know, uh, Chris Stapleton and his vocal and what he's able to do. I'm wowed by discipline and greatness. Like when somebody puts their head down and I became this injury too has made me more of a fan of the human spirit, the people that are out there tackling it. And I'm a fan of these young people coming up. I'm a fan of, of uh, Riley green. I'm a fan of uh, uh, Laney Wilson and Tennille towns. Holy crap. Tennille towns. I'm, I'm like, a, I, I root for people, you know, and, and it's not that I didn't do it before. I'm just really wowed at, at people out there pursuing what they love. And I think that this time in the world is the best time to be alive. And it gave us this perspective as a whole human community that to step into your talent, step into what you're great at and do it. And I think that we're seeing that in music. We're seeing that in on Netflix and Hulu's and, and, you know, great story writing and, and, and talking and, and medication and inventors and the Elon Musk of the world. We're seeing all that stuff, man. It's 2021 or whatever it is. And it's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. You know? Well, last year we know you put out uh, the EP stars. Mm. And speaking of being big fans, we're big fans of that, but also of the Cadillac three. So you yeah. worked with your good friend on that, correct? Yeah, I'm good buddies with uh, Jaron Johnston. And we've we've been writing songs together for a while. He wrote a song that I cut living the dream. I had some success at radio with and, and just commercially. And he's just one of those dudes that I call what I do cosmic country. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love. Uh, Zeppelin. I love Pink Floyd. I, I also love Otis Redding and I also love Merle Haggard. Um, and I think, uh, you know, Jack Johnson's awesome. I think Ben Harper's awesome. I think, uh, you know, Roger Miller is awesome. So all those influences, me and Jaron, he, he knows how I zig and I know how he zags, you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm a little bit rock and roll and a little bit funky and, and, and country and just being from Alabama in that muscle shoals area, it just, it just works with his, his greasy hair and his sunglasses, you know, <laughs> the grungy. You know, he, 
Yeah, it's it's the grunge and the country, and it, it's fun. You know, it's it's pushing boundaries and and doing things, and and that cosmic country thing. When I was talking about that spiritual realm, like he gets into that kind of psychedelic country funk, and it's mm-hmm. it's just fun. Like I love Willie and how Willie was able to do that, and how John Prine, rest in peace, was able to do that. And uh, I say this on my shows, but is it not amazing we live in the same time that Willie Nelson's living? Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you can you can say that all the way across the board, Elon Musk or whoever that you're you put up there on that pedestal. But uh, yeah, Jaron is great, and this music is, I believe, the best I've ever uh, I've ever made. You know, I think that the song I write tomorrow is going to be the best one I ever write. <laughs> you know, it's just the way I am. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see each other working together for a long time? Like continuing oh, yeah. next year and going forward? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's easy, man. I mean, we, I don't, I don't think it should be hard. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of go in there and, and we know he, he understands the way I talk, which can be a feat sometimes being from Alabama. And, but he understands, you know, if I say, Hey, make the drums a little bit more sunshiny or, or make the organ a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, Bob Sigury, he understands all that because he's a fan of, of what I'm a fan of. And he's a fan of me and I'm a fan of him. And I love him. I love his wife. I love his, his kids or his kid. And, uh, you know, yeah, I see us working together for a while for sure. So what do you mean by, well, you're from Alabama. <laughs> I just mean that I just mean in communication, a lot of times in communication, I might use knee high to a grasshopper to explain something being young. And he knows what that means without me having to explain it. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I got okay. you. All right. As, as, as Northern folk. Yeah. As Northerners. Yeah. We can talk Wisconsin to you all day long though. Yeah. Hey, Wisconsin, uh, I wrote with a guy yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago named Ryan Nisi. Oh, he is, he is great. And, uh, I'm a big fan of spotted cow. I'm a big fan of, of what the white tailed deer population y'all have in Wisconsin. Yeah. And ultimately I have been extremely impressed with the, the hospitality in Wisconsin. So it's been a great place for me to, to visit and play and hang out. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of fans up here. That's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel it. So what's one of your best experiences coming up to Wisconsin? It doesn't have to be a music mm. thing, but kind of an outdoorsy thing. I had a couple deer walk through my backyard the other day. I mean, well, the deer up there, you know, out here, a whitetail, a, a mature whitetail will be 150, 160 pounds up there. They're 220 pounds and they just they look like elephants, you know, and, and so that your heart really starts thumping when you see the majesty of those animals coming through, coming through the timber or coming through the woods. It is a little cold for me. I'm being from Alabama. I have a little bit of a, a thin skin. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the food, the belly up to the bar mentality of we're all in this <laughs> same boat. Let's drink some spotted cow beer and eat cheese curds and be merry. And the football, like I had the opportunity to play the home opener uh, two years ago, I think, for the uh, Packers and the uh, the uh, Bears. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just that mentality, um, 
it's pretty awesome. It's it's like I can get through life. I can get with that. You know, (laughs) y'all y'all put a bunch of hope into mankind. It's like let's go sit in an ice hut and ice fish for nine hours and drink (laughs) seventy beers. Yeah, and and, you know, it's just a good. it's yeah, it's a good place to. Uh, I've I, attempted, but I'm not sure I got to seventy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was confused at first. Like the first time I was in Wisconsin, it was like negative ten, and I was like, "Why would anybody want to live up here?" Like, and, and that no, was no July. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, do they not know that there's a place called Florida that's like got a beach? <laughs> And uh, and then I, I walked into somebody's barn dominium or, or barn that they had, and it looked like it looked like a tiki to, uh, tiki hut, you know. And they mm-hmm. they were just throwing a party in the middle of you know December. So mm-hmm. um, I get it, I get it now. It's different strokes for different folks, and and at the end of the day, we we want the same thing. Mm-hmm. I know you love campfires. What's your favorite campfire food? Mm. Oh man, I mean probably brats. I'm a big brat guy. And a um, boy. Yeah, yeah, I like a brat. Go. I like to like. I grew up with, and I've got this initiative. I want to. I want to throw past y'all. It's called build a fire, change a tire. And I don't think I grew up. Uh, when you killed a squirrel, you put stuck a a skewer through it, salt and peppered it, and you and you built a fire and you cooked the squirrel over the fire and you ate it. I want to teach you know, 12 to 15 year old boys and girls, how to do that, how to hook up a trailer, how to build a fire, how to, how to, how to catch a fish, clean it and, and eat it, you know, and that, cause that's what I grew up doing. That's a long answer. I know, but probably just a, a good old, a good old hot dog or something that I've, that I've, you know, killed and, mm-hmm. and put over it. But I agree with that. I mean, especially with, phones in everybody's hands right they can scroll all day long but can they hook up a trailer do they know how to put a worm on a hook right yeah. like a lot of that stuff has been lost i think i think you're right and i it it makes me very very fulfilled to teach like my, my nephew is like 16 right now and i having the having the injury the stroke my left hand is was debilitated and I couldn't run a, a steel chainsaw. Um, but I've been trimming trees and running landscaping companies my whole life. And, and so I got him out there and I'm, I'm a big advocate of ask forgiveness, not permission. I've never asked permission really to do anything. Um, which has got me in trouble some, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that <laughs> that's where the forgiveness comes in. You gotta, you gotta be savvy at knowing how to ask forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But I asked my, little nephew to come out there and I taught him how to run a chainsaw at at 12 years old you know I showed the pictures to his mom I was like now he knows how to run a chainsaw (laughs) and she's like is it still running I'm like yeah he's out there cutting these trees up and so now he has this confidence of a lumberjack dude you know (laughs) right he he's he's burly now you know he's he's, (laughs) that was when he was 13 now he's 16 he's got flannel on he's got a you know car he's got carhartt gloves on and he's done something and now he's got a pickup truck and it's just you put him on the right path (laughs) yeah he's giving people giving people the authority you know yeah he's Mm -hmm. walking around with steel-toed boots and the whole thing right 
So speaking of barns, talk to us about uh, Whitewood Hollow. So me and my wife, Alex, who is a phenomenal uh, cook and chef, we had a, a, a vision. I've always been a builder. You know, I've loved to build and love to go out there and, and uh, you know, just build stuff. And barns have always represented a, uh, a very hearty lifestyle to me. Like, um, and we, we started talking about making, bringing our powers together and making unbelievable um, moments for people, like coming in, building these fires, presenting music, great food, great wine, great whiskey, great whatever it is. And so Whitewood Hollow started. We have a big black oak and a big white oak on the property that the driveway to the barn runs in between. So hence Whitewood Hollow is what we named it. But it's a big red oak barn. And we've been playing every Wednesday night in and through uh, the pandemic, through the through the injury, through everything, we just kind of pinned our ears back and have let the music kill us, and we call it Wednesday Night Therapy. And it's the it's the band coming in and jamming, and um, we try new songs out there. You know, there'll be four or five thousand people watching online, and you know, it's it's uh, the way that we survive. So we got back playing, you know, a bunch of shows on the road. It's mm-hmm. and it but it helped other people, you know, it helped folks have that normalcy while they were dancing in their kitchens. You know, we, we've got pictures and videos of people in their, in their living rooms with their kids, with all of our shirt shirts on and face paint. And, you know, they, they look forward to Wednesday night because it was, it was, it was much of like a church. That's special. It's very special to me. And that's what that barn, um, kind of turned into it's in a, a full-on events event space whitewoodhollow.com you can come out there and you know my buddy dylan carmichael they got married out there you know it was wedding wasn't out there but he he asked uh shayla his his fiance to marry him out there so we've had people do that it's just an awesome piece of property and we built a big old barn and and with alex's commercial kitchen it's kind of a, a triple threat there you know we just mm-hmm. like to like like to love on people, bring them in and show them awesome experiences and, and have scintillating conversation, you know, instead of being on our phones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of uh, great conversations and, you know, positivity and energy, what's life like backstage on the tour bus with Drake White in the big fire? Do you have some stories you can share <clears throat> with us? It's a bit of a circus. Um, um, it's kind of controlled chaos in, in a way. My team, I hire people um, through their personality, not their skill set. I don't care if you can play a guitar. I really don't. Everybody can play a guitar in Nashville. You know, um, I don't care if you can sing, you know, better than uh, uh, Chris Stapleton. That's not why I hire people. I hire people because of their uh, attitudes. That tactic for me has worked because the, the the vibe backstage is is always there's always a joke being played there's always an in some kind of innovation something being made whether it be a song or a, a stage prop or you know i'm trying to figure out you know what songs go where and and ultimately it's work you know but it's something that we love to do 
you know, we like whiskey, we like beer, um, we like good food. Um, for me, it's, it's a lot of energy. It's good energy. It's, it's kind of got that uh, Jimmy Buffett vibe, meaning if Jimmy Buffett was, if you replace palm trees in a tiki hut with, with a campfire and a, and a, and a Coleman lantern, that would be <laughs> it for us. So it's, it's really just uh, the parrot heads are fire starters. And the, uh, I, I learned from the best guy in the world with Zach Brown. I mean, that, that stuff that he did, I just watched him do it. And that vibe backstage is continue to innovate, put the music first, put the fan first and everything else works out, but it's, it's a, it's also a shit show. You know I mean? We're also, <laughs> yeah. we keep it very loose. I mean, I, the guys, <laughs> the guys like a libation. They like to be libated. The, and we, we just, we just have a good time. We try not to take it too serious, you know, and, and the New York show is different than the Nashville show, but it's not because it's Nashville, you know, the, the show in Munson, Indiana's, different than the the Gainesville Florida show but it's because they're different ge uh they're different geography they're different people and what I mean by that is 10 or 10 thousand we're going to play the same show we're going to bring the same heat and I don't care if you're in a conference room with three people in a in a box of donuts or <laughs> if you're at the RIT or at you know Madison Square Garden with 30,000 people my job is to bring it when I go you know, which I almost did. Yeah. When I go though, I will not look back and say, Oh, that one show I didn't I didn't do that. Like everybody that comes to a, a Drake White and the Big Fire show's gonna get loved on and, and they're probably gonna get, you know, it's just gonna be wide open because mm -hmm. that's that's my mentality. By uh you mentioning putting the fan first, can you share something with Justine and I? that maybe an awkward moment or moments happened at meet and greets. Oh man. Cause your, your fans are kind of hardcore. They're yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot, man. There, there's a lot of really cool things. I mean, I've had a lot of marriages. Um, I've had uh, people, people grabbing my hat. I've never understood not to make this negative. Most of it's positive, but like people grabbing, grabbing your hat off your head and kind of and and running that that's kind of a no-no but like the weirdest i would probably have to say is uh uh oh the cops coming in and arresting somebody in the meet and greet line like mm -hmm. like i was like what's going on over there and because i thought i was being arrested or something <laughs> and my tour manager was like i don't know I, I think he's i think and they handcuffed him and walked him out i was like what happened he's like oh he's he's uh I can't remember what he was wanted for, but that was kind of weird. Hmm. I've had some weird, you know, some girl things where the kind of PDA thing is, I think that's necessary though. If the girls are not doing that, like you, you, you know, it's not a really a problem. It's a good thing. You know, it's a mm -hmm. good thing. If, if a girl's wanting to kiss you, um, it's hard. Slobber's mm -hmm. hard and meet and greet lines. <laughs> not, not really anything crazy. I mean, everybody for the most part is pretty, pretty respectful other than body parts drake because that's like a given but any weird things you had to sign over the years oh man i've signed every body part you can imagine well that's what i mean other than the body mm. parts you got something else like a fake oh, leg or something i got you i got you well i just revealed my information there 
a fake leg. I have signed a fake leg before. Oh, um, really? The tat- yeah, the tattoos, the tattoos uh, are, are pretty intense to me. You know, the tattoos of the signature or the face mm-hmm. or whatever. Of your that, face? That, your face? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that, there's a couple out there. Um, wow. I've signed cars before. People oh. ask me to sign their car. Mm. So speaking of cars, my favorite car on the planet is a Ford Bronco. And yours mm-hmm. is amazing. Thank you. So if you want to tell us Sweet about Jean. that. Sweet Jean, that's what you named her? Oh, that's even better. My, grandma, my <laughs> grandmother's name is... It was Imogene. She died of Parkinson's when I was about 16. But the story behind Sweet Jean is my grandfather was a great woodsman and outdoorsman. And he was the preacher and and the guy that taught me how to tell stories and everything. And across the street from his house sat a beautiful boxwood 1969 Mm. Ford Bronco. And uh, boxwood green is like that that color of Wisconsin, if you kind of look out over in the darker shades of green in the, in the pastures, mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of what that is, but it's a very, very earth tony vibe, you know, um, that my Bronco, I, I looked at that when I was a kid, my buddy, my grandpa's buddy across the street. And I said, you know what, when I turn, when I get on up to drive, that's what I want to drive. I found this Bronco in a pasture in Leesburg, Alabama, or driving to Leesburg, Alabama. Um, and I just happened to look over my right shoulder and see the round headlights. And I dug it out, and it took me about 10 years to restore it. But it's a 1969 uh, fully restored Ford Bronco, um, a saddle leather seats. Um, it smells like saddle leather. Um, it's, got a, it's got a 289 V8 in it. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's just exactly it's what I, it's, it's beautiful. Thank you. I, I, one day, I usually, one day I'll have a Bronco. You had Justine at Ford Bronco. Yeah. One day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. You will not regret it to, to figure out how to do that because the joy I do a lot of, uh, you know, when I'm writing songs, I get my mixes back and I've got a, I've got a stereo system in it and I'll get in the, get in the Bronco and, and do little joy rides and listen to the music. Okay. It's a very good barometer of if a song is, is happening or not. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in that Bronco and you're, and you're like, all right, man, <laughs> this is it. Then that's kind of my sound test, you know? Mm-hmm. So hey, it's, it's a good spot to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey Drake, uh, probably one last question before we run out of time. You mentioned Elon Musk a lot, and I'm I'm a big fan of Elon yeah. and what he's doing. And Tesla is more than a car company. And why are you a big fan? Because it seems like you bring up his name often. Oh man, the the rabbit hole is deep on that, man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of people that are doing things. I'm a fan of innovators. I'm a fan of uh, people that that pursue the impossible. Um, he is, you know, moving boulders. Nothing is impossible to him. And I think he's brilliant. I think he's got, um, I love his attitude of where it's not really money-based. Um, for him, if you listen to his, whether it's a Joe Rogan podcast with him or any of his interviews, he's not thinking about what is going to make the most money. So it's not a capitalistic thing for him. It's like, what is going to, leave this earth better than I found it 
and what are we going to do to sustain, uh, you know, sustain this beautiful, fragile thing? And I just think we need more people that are making things. You know, we can't all go out there and be Instagram stars. We can't go out there and and, and be TikTok. Uh, you know, go out there and learn how to make some shoes. Go ahead and learn, uh, learn how to write. Learn how to um, lay brick. Learn how to be an electrician. Not everybody can be an Instagram star. Not everybody can be a, a country music star or, or whatever. And I think Elon has a very good uh, has a very good thought process on that. Like, let's make stuff. Let's continue to push and evolve. As you know, I don't agree with him with everything. So I'm just saying, I've read his book. Uh, his books, uh, plural. I've read, you know, I love space exploration and just the, the 2021 Lewis and Clark uh, kind of vibe. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And I don't care. You know, he just does it. He just does things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's the wealthiest man in the one of the wealthiest men in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So even with that mentality, I think, it's just refreshing that it's not about money. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's about money in a lot of different areas, but listening to him talk and in his interviews, it seems like he's about the invention Mm -hmm. and he's about ultimately cleaning the ocean up. He's ultimately about better energy sources, better batteries. He's a better car, a better experience. And you can see that in his work. I just think he's different and um, you know, I've never met him. Uh, I, I hope to one day, but it's like, I, I like I said, I'm a builder. I, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a songwriter, but that's not what, um, that's not all I am. You know, I, I, I like to go out and understand what green building is, what clean energy is. I like understanding the science of um, why the earth, uh, earth does what it does and, and why the summer's the summer and the winter's the winter and, and just trying to figure it out is I'm always thinking and I'm always growing. And I'm always trying to be better than I was, you know, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my, that's my Elon Musk spill. Good. <laughs> I like that. Thanks yeah. a lot for your time today, Drake. Yeah. And uh, thanks for joining us and sharing some of your thoughts and stories. Mm-hmm. My pleasure guys. Thank y'all. Y'all keep it lit, keep it going. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bruce and I want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. If you'd like to drop us a line, you can email us at whichwayiscatering at gmail.com or visit us at varietyattractions.com. A big thank you to our sponsors, Brannigan Inc. and Spectrum Weather Insurance. Which Way is Catering with Justine and Bruce. Served up by Variety Attractions, celebrating 60 years of entertainment excellence. That's fabulous.